Hi, I'm Johnny. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who is in recovery and struggles with anger, denial, worry, and the loss of my wife. Before I give my testimony, I would like to thank my step study leaders and fellow step study brothers. They created a safe and relaxed atmosphere to help me work on my hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Also, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Jim. Without his support, I would not be here today. One of the hardest things you can do is give your spiritual inventory. He created a safe and relaxed atmosphere while I gave mine. He shared some of his testimony to help me feel relaxed. After I gave it, I began to wonder why we should air our hurts, hang-ups, and habits to another person. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The next day while I was working in my vines, it came to me. I was accepted and forgiven even after I told all my dirty laundry. The great deceiver can no longer come to me late at night or any other time and tell me that the people knew the sins I had done they would kick me out of the church. My pre-COVID testimony. I'm the youngest son born into a large Christian family. My father was a deacon in a Baptist church. I went to church and Sunday school every week. When I was 13, I accepted Jesus as my Savior and was baptized. In my senior year of high school, I was given the choice to go to church or not, so I chose to leave the church, mainly because each Sunday the preacher gave the same message. We were all sinners and going to hell unless we repented. The message was told to us in a very loud voice. Even after I left the church, the gift of the Holy Spirit guided my life and helped me to have returned to the church some 50 years later. When I became a high school graduate, my parents gave me three choices. Join the military, move out, get a job, and start paying rent. Three weeks after I graduated, I joined the United States Navy. I was now in a world I did not know. Like all services, there's cussing, fighting, drinking, and going to red light districts. But when it comes to your military duty, they're all on the same page. I left the Navy after six years, mainly because I was becoming a full-time alcoholic. I still continued to drink, but just not as bad. Four years after leaving the Navy, I met my wife. She was my best friend, soulmate, and companion. She also came from a large family like mine and had to struggle just to make ends meet. We had our first son two years later to go along with her 10-year-old daughter and 8-year-old son from previous marriages. I treated them all the same except the daughter, who got about everything she wanted that my wife would allow. We spent our spare time fishing and hunting. I told myself that seeing God's works was better than going to church. We made making money the main priority in our lives. I helped build one company with my two brothers, and two more with my wife. 
My wife begged me to quit drinking, and I knew I couldn't stop drinking unless I also stopped smoking. So I quit them both at the same time. Remembering how my father died from throat cancer in 1986 and me watching him eat through a straw the last six months of his life. When our daughter was a freshman in high school, she met the guy who would become her future husband. He would come to the high school and take her off with him before school started. She missed 26 days of school the very first semester. My wife and I went to the school to find out why, since we put her on the bus, how could she not be at school? And why did we not receive a call from the school when she wasn't there? Later, a judge told the school they were to call the court if she missed school again. One day, she was picked up, not at school, by the police. The judge had the vice principal arrested. The next week, all cars coming on the school grounds were checked and the drivers were required to have student IDs. The first time I met her husband, I was watching TV and heard someone crying. I went outside and saw him slap her as I was coming down the stairs. He saw me and ran to his car. I kicked his car door in and told him to get out of the car and hit me, but he drove off. Less than two years later, she married him. I could spend an hour telling you how they got on drugs and the things they done. They got them both put into prison. However, the bottom line is that my wife and I hated and had malice and anger towards our son-in-law. Due to the urgent need of a liver transplant, our daughter died in June 2005. We were given custody of her daughter and raised her from the time she was in the seventh grade. She was a blessing to us, and we were, and I am, very proud of her. In August 2009, my wife started chemo treatment for breast cancer. In 2013, our son got on hard drugs. He lost his wife, his home, his company, and everything he owned. He was in and out of jail and finally went to prison. This was the lowest point in my life. My wife had cancer. My son was in prison. I had anger and malice towards my son-in-law, and I was not in church. After our son got out of prison in 2014, he wanted my wife to take him to East Ridge Church. So she did. He stopped going after a few weeks, but my wife loved this church. She loved going to her Sunday school class. She soon started serving with the craft group for the church. Her cancer came back and progressed to the point where she could no longer drive. I knew how much she loved going to this church, so I started taking her. The preacher got his message across without yelling. The message was different every week. <laughs> Being used to the old gospel songs, it took a while to get used to the new music. <laughs> We went to Sunday school every week. Our teacher would break down each verse that we would study so we would have a clear meaning of what we were reading. We became East Ridge members about three months later. One day we told our Sunday school teacher about how we felt towards our son-in-law and he told us to go to celebrate recovery. We didn't know what it was, but we knew we needed help with our anger and how to deal with our son. 
We were greeted by Brad when we arrived. We asked about how to deal with our son, but he said it wasn't, there wasn't a class for that. He said we should go to Newcomers 101 and talk to the group leaders about our anger problems. The next week, my wife joined the ladies' anger open share group while I joined the men's anger group. The words you hear keep coming back are not hollow. By coming back each week and listening to the lessons and the testimonies given in the large group is how we learn to deal with our son and our ex-son-in-law. The anger In the anger open share group, I learned that I'm not alone, but I share similar problems and hang-ups as the men in that small group. It's a safe place to vent about my troubles, worries, fears, and hang-ups without worrying about what other people thought because the guys in my group mostly had similar problems. In my small group, I also get to share my large and small victories in my recovery by taking part in a recovery CHIP program. To find out about the CHIP system, go to a small group yourself one time. <laughs> my wife's cancer got worse, and she could no longer go to church or celebrate recovery. Our granddaughter got married on October 7, 2017. Our ex-son-in-law was there. We both did principle six, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for the harm I have done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. Both my wife and I forgave him for everything he'd ever done to our family. We knew that our prayers were not going to be heard by Jesus unless we did. Matthew 6, 14 says, For ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if, you, but if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Not only did we have to forgive him, but we knew Jesus wanted us to pray for him too. He is in my morning prayers and asked Jesus to help him find the willpower to come to celebrate recovery, to get off the drugs, and to find Jesus. My wife's cancer got worse, and she told me she was losing the battle. She asked me, why me? The only answer I had was found in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And least I should be exalted above measure to the abundance of the revelations that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffer me. Least I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my affirmities that the power of Christ would rest in me. Therefore, I take pleasures in affirmities and reproaches in necessities and persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. My wife of 42 years died three months later. I told the church elders to pray for my wife that their prayers were not lost. On the way to the hospital for the last time, she prayed over and over for Jesus to forgive her sins, 
This has given me great peace of mind, and I still thank them in my prayers. My church family, my Sunday school family, my recovery family kept me from my old self. Brad let me serve in the cafe, even though I wasn't going to small group. After about a month, I started back in my anger group. I kept going to church and celebrate recovery, but I needed help with my worry and anxiety about the future. Brad said that a step study would be starting in April 2019, and it would change your life. So I said to myself, I'm going to try it. Like most who start a step study, you learn what you started the step study for is probably not your problem. <laughs> One of my problems was that my mother taught us God gave you a strong, healthy body and a good mind. You shouldn't bother Jesus with the small problems. She was wrong. I learned from principle three. Consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control, to live with Jesus every day. Matthew 6, 34 reads, Don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrows too. Live one day at a time. Recently, Jesus answered two of my prayers. I asked my ex-son-in-law to come to celebrate recovery. If he came early, I would buy him dinner. He not only came, but let me walk him to Newcomers 101. And at, at the end of the large group hours. The second prayer is that my son has been coming to church for over a year. This is my testimony up to the time that COVID came into our lives. I was scheduled to give this testimony after COVID shut down, celebrate recovery, and in-person church. I was following principle eight, yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. I was serving in church, CR, and the food pantry helping to feed the needy at that time. I lost my job in the food pantry because I was over 65. How much over, I'm not sharing. <laughs> I lost my servant opportunity at church and CR also. I was told to shelter at home because of my age, but I still needed help, though, to stay the course of my path to of my recovery. I was blessed that CR came up with the Monday Zoom meeting so quickly. The weekly men's Zoom meeting kept me on my path, and I knew I was not alone, but could reach out to the men in that group if I needed help. I kept doing my Zoom meeting till I got my second COVID shot. I made the choice to leave the Monday Zoom meeting because the food pantry needed help on Mondays. And CR had started back in-person small group. I lost several members of my Bible study class. Jeff, who I would get to church 30 minutes early to talk about what I had studied in the Bible that week. Buddy and Norris, who lit up the class just by being there. Don, who was my offering and communion partner, just to mention some that the church lost during COVID. During COVID, my son and my ex-son-in-law 
lost their ways in drug and alcohol. In October 2021, leadership of CR gave me the privilege of co-leading a step study. The leader and myself strive not only to teach the lessons, but to encourage them to read the CR Bible. We were blessed that all used the CR Bible. This Bible not only has God's words, but many recovery stories, character studies, and lesson guides. No matter what your hurt or habit, you can read how Jesus worked in their lives to help them overcome. In October 2022, leadership gave me the privilege of co-leading my third step study. When I was a young man, I gambled. In my third step study, I worked on overcoming playing the Georgia Lotto because gambling is as close as turning on the Internet now. I am now free from even thinking about gambling in any form. I also learned that leadership and praying for guidance to help others go hand in hand. No matter what your hurt or habit, a step study will not only change that, but also your life and put you on the right path to Jesus. If I drop a nut or a boat in the grass and then find it, I don't say to myself that I was lucky. I thank Jesus. Living with him one day at a time has given me great peace and joy. The second greatest problem for me is how can I do the Great Commission? From my step studies, I learned this isn't done by one person alone. When you greet a newcomer, serve. Sit with someone who's alone. Being an example, praying for others, sharing your God story. This is all part of fulfilling the Great Commission. So keep coming back to celebrate recovery and help not only yourself, but all who come here. God is great all the time, and all the time, God is great. Thank you for listening to my testimony. <laughs>